Are you in denial about the danger of terrorism? Or are you mad as hell and not going to take it anymore? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today on the Terrorist Therapist Show. Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and you're a terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, you know, I keep trying to wake you all up to the increasing danger of terrorist attacks and terrorism. And um, it's hard to not be awakened with them coming faster and furiouser. <laughs> you know, it used to be that once in a while I would do these podcasts on the latest attack whenever there was a, a big attack or a particularly interesting attack. And they, it didn't come every week. It wasn't that every week's show was about a, a, a terrorist attack. But, um, you know, the way, and that's how I'm able to tell that they're increasing. It's like now it's uh, sometimes there, there's more than one. In fact, this week, for example, there, there are more than one that are good, uh, make good fodder to talk about. And so, uh, and yet, there are people who are still, and yes, of course, it's more in the United States than in uh, the UK or in France, but there are still a lot of people, even in those countries, but especially in America, where, you know, we haven't been uh, under attack as much, or perhaps because we're such a big country, you know, it, it doesn't feel that way. If you put all the attacks in America together in a smaller area, like in the UK or in France, perhaps we'd have a different perspective. But in any case, um, as there are more and more terror attacks, people are falling more into one of these two extremes, either being terrorist deniers, um, or minimizers, at least, or people who are taking things into their own hands and um, who are becoming more Islamophobic and who are acting out on this Islamophobia. Well, that's what I'm going to be talking about today, and I'm going to be using the latest attack in London, the London Bridge attack, as an example of what's happening. Um, it's just, it's just, even with the attack, um, and, and as I was saying, and with these increasing, this increasing number of attacks, there are still people who think that um, it's never going to happen here again. <laughs> it's never going to happen to you. You have to ask yourself, do you feel that um, you are not going to be affected in any way by a terrorist attack happening to your neighborhood, your own home, um, your state, the United States again? Uh, I mean, are, are you, do you really think that this is something that we don't have to worry about? Or I'm not really encouraging worrying. What I'm encouraging all along is that you need to be prepared psychologically and physically, and there are things to do to help you to be more prepared. Um, that I talk about. But I'm not talking about that today. I'm going to be talking about this, this phenomenon uh, because that comes first, to see exactly where you fall on this continuum and which end, which extreme you fall, because the less and less people are in the middle. So um, 
most people are in denial because they and they use this whole thing this whole um charge of islamophobia as a way of staying in denial in other words if you don't want to believe i mean of course it's scary to think <laughs> that um besides 9 that another 9 11 could happen and um and could happen in a in a place where you live or in a way not even necessarily you know it could be in new york or washington um it could be in the same places but just as 9-11 devastated this country for years after, and in fact, in my opinion, we are still all suffering from 9-11 because there have been many changes in this country because of 9-11. Um, things, things that we don't pay attention to from uh, things like people overeating ever since 9-11, you know, people started to eat comfort foods because we're all more anxious. We're all more distracted. Many more people in America uh, have sleepless nights or poor, sleep poorly at night because we are at a heightened state of anxiety, some of us more so than others. Some of us are, are still suffering from depression, sadness, the feeling of, of the loss this was the first time that our country was attacked on our soil, and there's a loss with that, a loss, loss of security. So there's my New York, my New York accent, loss, a loss of security. So really, you know, yes, that happened um, many years ago. Well, it's relative, but people, you know, people don't want it. We want to believe that we're over it, but we're not. And even productivity and even the economic problems that we've been having really can relate. I mean, besides the different things that the banks did and all of that, it really also relates to the, the decrease in productivity that we have because we're suffering, because we're not sleeping, because we're distracted, because of all these things that we're worried about. So, you know, we don't want to believe that this kind of thing can happen again. And so what we do is say that anybody who talks about, like me, you know, like even this show, The Terrorist Therapist Show, oh my God, why do I have to listen to The Terrorist Therapist? I, there's no such a thing or, or yes, okay, even if one admits that there's such a thing as terrorism, it's not really going to affect me. Everybody's worrying too much. I don't want to hear about this. Of course not. But, um, but we have to be prepared, we have to be realistic. But yet anybody, you know, who talks about these things, um, they are called Islamophobes. It's like, you know, why are you, um, why are you saying that, uh, you know, it turns into, are you prejudiced against Muslims? Are you, um, you know, and no, I am not prejudiced against Muslims, not all, Muslims are terrorists and not all terrorists are Muslims and many Muslims have been killed or injured in these terrorist attacks but at the same time it's not blondes in bikinis who are um, running over us with cars in the streets or knifing us or planting bombs in concert halls so there has to be some realistic approach to um, the kinds of people we pay more attention to. And boy, did we see this in London just now. Well, not just now, but in the recent attacks in London, the Westminster Bridge, the Manchester Concert, um, and now, of course, the London Bridge. 
these are the, the terrorists, the attackers in these, in these examples of attacks were either born in, uh, in the UK from immigrant families or were immigrants themselves. And some of them were on the watch list, but they weren't being watched. So, you know, that's a way, if you, if you are going to just, at the first mention of terrorism, if you're going to label the person who says that, you know, like killing the messenger, by saying that, oh, well, you're an Islamophobe, I don't want to hear about this, then, um, then you're in a bubble and um, you're not going to be prepared. Now, um, it's a way of maintaining denial by saying that these, everybody else is wrong. I, you know, it's a way of maintaining your, your bubble, your um, be ability to sort of stay in this bubble and not confront reality. Now, what's ironically what's happening is there are people, more and more people, uh, who don't want to take it anymore because they're getting sick of platitudes from people like the London mayor, Sadiq Khan, um, and others who, people who aren't doing enough to protect them. So, you know, while the, the deniers of terrorism or the minimizers of terrorism um, are also worried, you know, that, that others are Islamophobes, really the Muslims, the people who, um, you know, these others are so angry to, to are, are so ready to say that you're against, they are getting the worst of it. Because a lot of people um, who are sick of not the, their authorities, their leaders not doing enough, are taking it into their own hands. And there has been an increase in hate crimes since the London Bridge attack. And I'll, I'll tell you some of the numbers for that. And it's really staggering. So really, in fact, more Muslims are being hurt, if not killed, by people taking it into their own hands because of fear. It's really because of fear and anger at their leaders. So we have leaders like the London mayor who um, tells people, tells the world that living in a city, if you live in a city, uh, you just have to expect terrorist attacks. They are part and parcel, those are his words, part and parcel of living in a big city. Well, what message does that give? That, what do you think he's going to do about a terrorist? How much protection, what kind of policies is he going to put into uh, effect if he thinks, well, you know, live in a big city, <laughs> that's what you get. I mean, none of us, nobody at all, whether you're a mayor or um, anybody just living in a big city or not, should not come to the point of view of accepting terrorism and accepting terror attacks. But, oh, well, that's just going to happen. We can't become desensitized to that, in fact. So he said that, and he also said um, this uh, statement after the London Bridge attack. He told people, don't be alarmed. Now, um, there's this whole question about whether President uh, Trump took that out of, he tweet tweeted about that. 
And uh, there was a question of whether he took it out of context and whether, you know, what the mayor was actually referring to. I actually tweeted something before I knew that President Trump had uh, tweeted about the mayor and um, brought up this, I brought up this part and parcel thing again and said that, well, I said that the mayor should be, uh, we should, they should get a new mayor of London because if this is his attitude towards the acceptance of terrorism, then people are not going to be very much protected there, and there are going to be more attacks in London. And his don't, his don't be alarmed sentence, you know, um, he, he backpedaled, the mayor backpedaled on this and said, oh, I wasn't saying don't be alarmed about terrorists, I was saying don't be alarmed about policemen seeing a, a bigger police presence in the streets. Well, be that as it may, <laughs> He, the point of it was he was telling, rather than saying, I'm going to be doing this, this, and this to make sure that we don't have any more terror attacks in London, or at least to increase the chances that we won't and try to prevent them uh, with, with uh, these steps. Instead of saying that, he's just telling everybody not to be alarmed. Now, it's interesting. Um, I went to uh, New York City last week for the book expo. And I purposely chose a hotel that was in Times Square, a half a block away from um, the, the incident that happened um, by Richard Rojas. He was the driver of the car who, that mowed down pedestrians in Times Square. And I did a podcast about that. You can look that up. Um, I was talking there about how the authorities are too quick to say that something isn't terrorism. Now, as it turns out, he wasn't really, or so far, it doesn't seem as though ISIS hasn't, hasn't claimed that attack. And, and it's there so far, it doesn't seem as though there's evidence that he was influenced by ISIS necessarily. But, um, you know, he was angry at the U.S. government because he was thrown out of the military. But he did say, um, I want to kill them all. So, you know, there were some sort of similarities. Anyway, it made me feel good to book a hotel right near that, that um, incident because even though, yes, he's not a terrorist per se, an ISIS or Al-Qaeda terrorist, uh, it, you know, the point of it was to show that I'm not afraid of, um, I'm not going to change my plans or I'm not going to be afraid of these kinds of things happening again. Um, now, I bring that up because uh, in, in London, now I don't know whose idea this was, but what, what they did do is um, create, is put up barriers on bridges. You know, just like, I mean, that, there were barriers in Times Square and that I saw when I was there. And I also saw an increased police presence. Now it's an interesting feeling when you see all of this because on the one hand, I mean, it was more than the last time I had been. Uh, I, I'm born and raised in New York City, but since the last time I was there, there were more, there, there is more of a police presence in Times Square than I had noticed at least before. And I'm sure that that has to do with this most recent, um, uh, whatever you want to call it, a driver mowing down pedestrians, as well as an increased presence just in general because of terrorism. Now, when you, when you see that, it's a very strange feeling because on the one hand you feel, um, 
sad. I felt sad that, oh my goodness, you know, uh, Times Square didn't used to be this way, especially when I was a little kid in New York growing up and, and uh, going traveling on the subway by myself into Manhattan and going to the library, the big library in Manhattan and so on. Um, yeah, there were policemen, but not like it is today. Um, and so there's a kind of sadness that, um, that the world has changed so much that we need this. And then of course there is a, a feeling of, well, uh, now I'm, I'm more protected. There's kind of a, um, a feeling that, that uh, of, of safety and security, but it's a mixed feeling because there's also this loss, this feeling of sadness that this is what our world has come to. So in London, um, they put up barriers on bridges because now this is the second recent attack on a bridge. First there was the Westminster Bridge and now London Bridge. And uh, it's kind of particularly upsetting about London Bridge because we have the kids' nursery rhyme, London Bridge is falling down. And, uh, you know, they kept in the nursery rhyme, they keep building it up to make it stronger. But there's, you know, so there's kind of more of an iconic, um, feeling with London Bridge. And so, okay, they put up barriers to protect the pedestrians and that's great. And they put extra police in the streets and that's great in London I'm talking about now. Um, but really there is more that has to be done. And notably, there's more that has to be done in terms of watching the people who are on the watch list, taking complaints or notifications of neighbors and so on into greater uh, importance and keeping watch on these people, even though, yes, this is an increasingly difficult problem because how many, how many watchers, you know, there are more watchees than there are watchers. And yes, this is a super a growing problem. Uh, you know, do we have enough money? Aren't we going to run out of money to keep paying people to do the investigations and do the watching? So, um, so anyhow, so that's what, the, so the mayor really isn't taking steps that I am aware of, or hasn't taken steps in any case, really, that we, anybody is uh, aware of any kind, well, he hasn't, he hasn't fixed the problem. And he isn't talking about things that he plans to do to fix the problem in any serious kind of way. And um, so what, what people are doing, um, instead taking things into their own hands, there is this increase in Islamophobia and an increase in hate crimes against Muslims in the UK, um, in, in uh, London, as, well, as an example, there's been an increasing number of hate crimes. And to look at this particular last attack, the London Bridge attack, um, there has been a five-fold increase since the London Bridge attack of these hate crimes. 54 incidents of hate crimes per day. It was 38 per day in 2017 before this last attack. And these attacks are especially attacks in the street against Muslims. It's assaults, it's threats, it's physical violence, and it's online hatred. Now these are the uh, statistics according to the police. Then there's this organization called Tell Mama. 
And that's an organization that supports victims of anti-Muslim hate. And it's a public service that also measures and monitors anti-Muslim incidents in the UK, hate crimes. And um, since the London Bridge incident attack, there have been uh, 63 hate crimes reported in the, these three days, you know, in their statistics, during the three days after the London Bridge attack, there were 63 hate crimes were reported. And typically they get 10 in a three day period. Now, whether it's uh, tell mama or uh, the police in terms of reporting, it is anticipated that there's a lot of under-reporting because people are scared to, um, to come to the attention of the police, particularly with the police, they'd be scared. Um, because, you know, if they're there, if they have uh, immigration issues themselves, they don't really want to draw attention to themselves. So um, it really, so you can see just in this one example related to the London Bridge terrorist attack, there has been an overwhelming uh, increase in hate crimes. So in other words, if people, if the leaders don't take uh, terror attacks more seriously, individual people are going to be um, taking these, their rage and their anger and their fear into the streets and do some, doing something about it themselves. Now that's not the answer. So we do need stronger leaders to be doing more things. Now, for those who are, I know what you're thinking, <laughs> that I, I have Islamophobia and I'm um, overly concerned about all these things and oh, we shouldn't worry. Well, that's your denial um, speaking because, uh, uh, because we'd all like to be in a state of denial and, and we'd all like to pretend that these things aren't ramping up, that the attacks aren't ramping up, and, um, and that the world hasn't changed like it has. But let me give you an example of something. Now, this is a story that has not gotten much press, but if you have doubts about what is in the hearts of um, some people who are the potential perpetrators of attacks, um, or if you think uh, that, that we shouldn't at least be wary um, of, or keep our guard up, I guess I should say, listen to this story. There was a, um, a football match in uh, Australia that occurred after the London Bridge terrorist attack. And it was uh, with a team from Saudi Arabia. And the, it was a World Cup qualifier game. And they announced that they were, there was gonna be a moment of silence for the London Bridge attack victims, especially two Australian women who were living and working in London. And everybody, well, not everybody, that's kind of the point. Most of the people um, observed this moment of silence. The players you know, stood still on the, the Australian players, stood still on the, on the field 
and um, it's really was you, you really should look this up because there's a video of um, the, the onlookers of the audience and um, during this moment of silence and you can see the impact that terrorism is having on our world by looking at the eyes and the faces of the people in the stands. If you're, if you're a terrorism denier uh, or minimizer, look at this video because the pain, the sadness and the pain in people's eyes and people's faces, it is just unmistakable. These people are terrorism deniers. They are realizing that um, that there is that the world has changed and that this is something it's you know it's, presumably these are not necessarily un, these, it's unlikely that these all these people that are that you can see on the video i mean yes they lost two young australian women and that's very sad since if they're australians um but you know it wasn't just for the australian women it was for all the victims uh, of the london bridge attack but in any case it's not because, in other words, of a personal connection to the victim. Um, it's because of the sadness for all of us. A terror attack on London Bridge is an attack against all of us. I, please, please think about this. It's not just those poor victims who were killed and injured. It is on us all and on our way of life. So... So what happened at this game? The Saudi Arabian team did not observe a moment of silence, did not stand still on the court. They um, were going around uh, as business as usual, warming up before the game. So, um, and in fact, there are, were some, there, was a, there were some tweets by a company, someone from a company, called um, Visa For You uh, in the UK. It's a company that specializes in getting visas for people in the UK to go to Australia and Canada and New Zealand. And then there's a, on their website, there's a picture of, um, it, it also says, send employees to work abroad. And they have a picture of New York. <laughs> so they um, are somewhat biased. <laughs> And um, they put out these tweets that said, because the excuse that the Saudi Arabian team gave was that in their culture, they don't observe moments of silence for sadness, for people who die or whatever. Uh, and so this, this person from, from uh, Visa For You said, um, I mean, one person, Susie, said, um, disgusting response to the one minute silence. Crowd needs to learn meaning of the word silence. Um, and then this was followed by Visa For You, who said, we just don't believe in silence moments to show sadness. You have to accept the different cultures. And then they continued, Visa For You continued and said, and you may have to have moments of silence every game to those who get killed daily around the world. Now, if that doesn't sound like a threat, um, and then they said, my sincere condolences to all the innocents who get killed daily, every day and everywhere, Muslims and non-Muslims. Very, uh, very, very uncomfortable making tweets.
So, um, you know, so does this mean that you should take things into your own hands and um, attack, threaten, uh, tweet, <laughs> um, you know, take to the streets yourself to uh, hurt Muslims? No, absolutely not. But what it does mean is that we need to have stronger leaders who are doing, uh, enacting stronger policies to protect people in London and France and the U.S. Um, from future attacks. So now uh, a letter that I got, here we go, from um, Sadie in Augusta, Maine. She says, hey, terrorist therapist, I can't get together with friends or family anymore because it's always an argument between those who think my opinion is not politically correct enough. Even though terror attacks keep killing people, they want me to believe we can all hold hands and sing Kumbaya, and that will put an end to terrorism. I can't sleep, I have panic attacks, and I'm depressed. Please help. Well, Sadie, I get you. I think there are a lot of people who are feeling the same way. Uh, I'm one of them. Um, but I, first, I need to tell you that if you're having problems sleeping, having panic attacks, and are depressed, you do need to see a mental health professional for some help. Um, because this is not going to go away tomorrow, and not just the terror attacks aren't going to go away, but all this uh, fighting amongst people on these two sides, you know, amongst our friends and family, isn't going to go away either tomorrow. I mean, one can hope, and I, I do keep hoping that that there's going to be a meeting of the minds. But um, in the meantime, if you're having trouble sleeping, having panic attacks, and are depressed, you need to get professional help. Um, I know it's the thing that, that is so frustrating for you, I know, besides that you want to be friends with your friends and have a loving relationship with your family, is that uh, sometimes it feels as though people are so naive about um, in, their, in their desire to be in denial. And so tell them that you would love to sing Kumbaya and hold hands and put an end to terrorism, but for now, <laughs> We all need leaders who are going to be taking a stronger stance, uh, whether it's in England or in France or in the United States. And, you know, the people who are in the United States, and I'm sure this is something that you probably tell your friends and family, that, um, that people tend to think uh, in the U.S. that these problems, are, these attacks, are just in Europe. You know, mainly France and the, and the UK and in uh, Belgium and in Germany. You know, it feels like or we want to believe, oh, well, that's just over there. And it's very sad. And we, you know, we, our heart goes out to them. But eh, it's not going to happen here. So what do we have to worry about? Let's not think about it, right? So, um, again, tell them that you would like the same thing. We all, we all, I don't know if there's anybody, well, except for the terrorists, there is nobody else who doesn't want to have peace. It's just that we also have to be smart about this. So, so I will close by saying that um, the answer to, to these 
these two extremes, people who are deniers and minimizers of the danger of terrorism and people who are mad as hell and not going to take it anymore, the answer is for us to sort of um, be more aware. I mean, I think it's if the people who are the deniers recognize that by leaders not doing enough to stop the attacks, it is causing more and more people, just general people, everyday people, to take to the streets in fear and in anger that they are not being protected and taking the law into their own hands by making threats and by not just verbal threats, but by actually assaulting Muslims um, out of Islamophobia, if you want to call it that, whatever. It's out of, it's, yes, it's out of fear, fear that they are not safe because their government isn't doing enough to, to protect them. And that fear um, is very real. So it really is up to the leaders to um, take to stronger steps to root out terrorism so that people don't take revenge into their own hands and commit hate crimes. But at the same time, we can't pretend that terror attacks aren't threatening us all and that the terrorists aren't planning more attacks because they are. As, we, as you're listening to this um, podcast, I can promise you that there are terrorists having, getting together, just like we've seen videos of the terrorists from the London Bridge attack. There are videos online of them getting together and laughing and hugging and all of that. That is happening right now, right this minute. So we do need to have a more realistic idea of what we need to do to prevent more attacks. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol. Oh, I want to be sure to give you um, uh, a way for you to contact me. Tell me what you'd like me to talk about for future podcasts. And you can do that by going to my website, terroristtherapist.com, www.terroristtherapist.com. And you can, there's a contact page. And then also my Facebook page, um, if you just put in Facebook, The Terrorist Therapist, you will come to my page. Well, thank you again for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. And I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. <laughs>